Hallelujah. Isn't God good to us? And I'm going to have you just remain standing so you can get your exercise in. And uh, I tell you, I was praying this morning and God just laid a message on my heart and said, come in and just preach. Amen. And so that's what we're going to do. And uh, y'all help me out tonight. And I know the Lord will help you and help me. But Psalms chapter 18. And uh, God spoke. I preached this last night. Uh, at the church that I was at, but I'm going to be honest with you, my burden has been to preach it here ever since, and I believe God's going to do something great tonight in this service. Any good be saved, amen? And I like those songs we just sung, Love Lifted Me, uh, and thank God a, ser- a song and a sermon will help anybody, amen? And Psalms chapter 18, and uh, if you was at the revival there at Nelly Head, I preached the first three verses of this psalm, so I won't say much about it. But I want to just read a few selective verses tonight and then bring what God has laid upon our heart. David in Psalms 18 and verse number 2, he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, notice this, and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Then notice in verse number 17, he said, He delivered me from my strong enemy, and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. Verse 19, he said, He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. And then in verse number 43, he said, Thou hast delivered me from the strivings of people, and thou hast made me the head of the heathen, a people whom I have not known shall serve me. Verse 48 says, He delivereth me from mine enemies, And the Bible says in the latter part of that verse, Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. And verse number 50, Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed forevermore. Father, I want to thank you tonight for the good singing. I want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be in the house of God again tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll touch us. I realize that within us dwelleth no good thing and that all of our righteousness is filthy rags. God, we can't do anything without you tonight. Lord, if we've ever needed your touch, we need it tonight. I pray the Holy Spirit would grant us the wisdom and the vocabulary and the liberty to preach. And God, I pray there'd be free course and do an eternal work in all of our heart tonight. Help us, God, to open our hearts and Receive with meekness the engrafted word. And God, may we see no man save Jesus only. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to say on the outset of this message that Psalms chapter 18 is a psalm that was written and recorded in two different places. It's recorded here in the book of Psalms, but it's also recorded in 2 Samuel chapter number 22 where David is at the height of his kingdom or the height of his reign. Uh, David is somewhere in the middle of his reign when he wrote Psalms chapter 18 and his power and his prosperity was, was at its pinnacle and God was blessing David and David has been through many things uh, at this point in 2 Samuel chapter 22 at the very time uh, that he penned this psalm. And what David does in this psalm here is that he looks back from the throne all the way back to the days that when he was a little shepherd boy living on the backside of the prairie, uh, tending to a few sheep there of his father Jesse. He remembers the day when Samuel came over that hillside and anointed him as the king of of Israel. And all the adversity and the victories and the defeats that he faced uh, from the time that he entered into Saul's palace 
palace until the time that he took the reign as the king of Israel. And David looks back and it's in that that we find three things here that one of them I want to preach on tonight. And I want to preach on the subject of divine deliverance. Amen. Divine deliverance. Because cause what David does in Psalms 18 is he tells us first of all about his delight in the first three verses. He said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. And he talks about his delight being that of worship. And I preached this part uh, the other day over at Nelly Head talking about the fire of David's worship, how that the fire of his worship was based on sincerity uh, because David said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Uh, David's worship, the fire of his worship was that it was sincere, amen? And you know, if your, your worship and my worship is sincere, it's very hard for the devil to put that fire out. And my friend, not only was it sincere, but it was strong. As he said, the Lord was his strength. And our strength lies in our worship with God. And that is his delight, the fire of his worship. And then the fashion of his worship as he calls the Lord so many names in verse number two. He says he's his rock and his fortress, his deliverer, his God, his strength, his buckler, the horn of his salvation, and his high tower. In other words, when David started praising God, he couldn't just, he couldn't just magnify God with one name, but when he called him one name, he had to call him another. Amen? And I like when Brother Jack gets up and says he's the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. I tell you, I never get tired of hearing him say that. You say, well, he repeats that oftentimes. You'll fit right in at the throne. Amen? Because them beasts just cry, holy, holy, holy. They just magnify the Lord. Amen? And God is a God of repetition when it comes to worship. Amen? And so there's the fire of his worship. There's the fashion of his worship. And then there's the fortress of his worship. In verse number three here, as David finds a prayer that's been resolved, a praise that's been rendered, and a protection that's been realized. As he said, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and so shall I be safe from my enemies. Amen. You know what David is doing in this psalm? He's looking back through his life and through all the troubles and through all the trials and all the adversity. He picks out his delight in serving God. And David's delight in serving God was not the throne that God had given him. It wasn't the prestige and the popularity. It wasn't the title that he wore. David's delight was none other than to lift up God and to worship him. Amen. You remember when David became king, the very thing that David wanted to do was bring the ark of God back to Jerusalem and establish that as a center place of worship. Amen. Because David was a man after God's own heart. And I'll tell you something, that's the delight of David and that ought to be the delight of every single one of us tonight. Every time we come to church, we ought to have one desire and one delight, Brother Lamar, and that is that we lift up his name and we magnify and we worship the Lord. Amen. I mean, even on a Wednesday night, don't it feel good to worship God? That ought to be our delight on Wednesday night is that the presence of God comes and that we magnify him. And so David looks back and he sees his delight. But then as he reflects back, he sees his distress. In verses four and five, David mentions that he has three enemies. In verse number four, he says he has the enemy of death and the enemy of ungodly men. And then in verse five, he said he has the enemy of hell. And David was a man of 
certainly that had enemies in this life. You see, tonight, if you serve God and if you live for God wholeheartedly, you're gonna have some enemies in this life. Death followed David everywhere he went. He told Jonathan, there's just one step between me and death. And David had enemies. Saul, my friend, was a private enemy. Sin became a public enemy in his life. But Satan was a personal enemy in David's life. And it brought great distress. And he said in verse number six, notice this. He said, in my distress, he said, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. And he heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him even unto his ears. I don't know about you, but I like that verse, amen? Because David starts out calling, but he ends up crying, and then he gets the confidence that God not only heard his call, but he heard his cry, and it went into the Lord's ear, amen? I'm telling you, friend, there's nothing better when you pray to God, and you know that it went in the Lord's ear, and in his distress, he cried unto the Lord, amen? Now, prayer works tonight, doesn't it? Prayer works when nothing else will, but I want to tell you prayer works when everything else will. Prayer should not be the last resort for a believer. It ought to be the first resort. Isn't that right? And David looks back and David sees his delight. And then David looks back in his life and he sees his distress. But there is something that magnifies above everything else in David's life. I can see him as he's sitting on that throne and he's taking a trip back through memory's lane and he's remembering all the things in life that he faced, the good times and the bad, the hard times and the times of joy. He sees the times of worship and he sees the times of distress. But there's something that rises above everything else. And he mentions it over and over in this psalm. In fact, from verse number seven all the way to verse number 50 tonight, that's exactly what David wants to emphasize. It's not his delight. It's not his distress. But it is his deliverance. Amen. You see, when David looks back through life, Brother Caleb, he realizes one thing had it not been for the unseen hand had it not been for the deliverance of God had it not been for God's rescue and for God's aid and for God's refuge David wouldn't be where he was at in 2 Samuel 22 I want to tell you something tonight in 30 years of being saved when I look back through my life there's no way brother Barnes I could have got here by chance nor circumstance I couldn't have made it on my own. There's nobody that could have brought me to where I'm at. But there is a divine deliverance tonight that time and time again he's come to my rescue. He's come to my aid. He's helped me when I needed his help. Amen. And so what David wants to do tonight is he wants to emphasize this deliverance. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. This got on me yesterday morning, Brother Laddie, and I thought I'd preach it off last night, and I got up this morning, and it was still on me. Amen. And I want to say thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God for the Spirit of God. I'm glad that every time I'm in trouble, there's somebody I can call out to. Every time when my back's against the wall, I'm glad there's somebody I can cry, Abba, Father, and he'll come to my comfort. He'll come to my aid. He's called along the side to help. He is the great deliverer tonight. And so David wants to tell us some things tonight about divine deliverance. I wonder, do you know anything about divine deliverance tonight? I don't know a whole lot, Brother Danny, 
And I've not experienced what others have had, but I'm glad I can raise my hand with David tonight and say I have been divinely delivered more times than I can ever remember, amen. I wanna say tonight, David talks first of all about the power of divine deliverance. In verse number seven, all the way down to verse number 19, now there's no way that I could preach 50 verses tonight, but I'm gonna break them up and by the help of God, I'm just gonna tell you what David said, amen. And in verse number seven, all the way down to verse number 19, David wants to emphasize the power of divine deliverance. And there's no reason for me to put points to this tonight. i tell you what I'm gonna do, Brother Jack. I'm just gonna let David for a few moments in these scriptures testify to us as to what God did and the power of deliverance in his life. He already said in verse number six that he cried and he called out to God and God heard his cry. Isn't that right? Now notice what he does here tonight. He tells us about the power of this deliverance. He said in verse number seven, then the earth shook. How would you like to pray in the earth shake? It happened, amen, before and it can happen again. He said, I cried. He said, the earth shook and trembled and the foundation of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. David said there went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth and devoured coals were kindled by it. David said he bowed the heavens also and he came down and darkness was under his feet and he rode talking about God. He rode upon a cherub and did fly and yea, he fly, did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness, David said, his secret place. His pavilion round about him was dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. At the brightness that was before him his thick clouds passed and hailstones and coals of fire. And the Lord, he said, thundered in the heavens and the highest gave his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he said he sent out the arrows and scattered them and he shot out lightnings and discomforted them. He said the channels of the waters were seen and the foundations of the world were discovered at his rebuke. He said, the Lord at the blast of his breath of his nostrils, he sent from above and took me and drew me out of many waters. He said, God delivered me from the strong enemy. He me from them which hated me and from those that were too strong for me. He said, he prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth into a large place and he delivered me because he delighted in me. I'm going to tell you that's a pretty good testimony on a Wednesday night of the power of divine deliverance in our life. Amen. In other words, David said God just pushed hell out of the way, put the enemy in the dust. And he said, when they were too big for me, he said, God reached down and became my stay. Amen. Can I ask you a question? Has the devil ever had you so far back in a corner? It looked like you couldn't see the light of day. It looked like there was no way out. It looked like he was a mocking and a making fun of you. It looked like you had more enemies than you had answers. Oh, but all of a sudden, amen, a strong and mighty hand, it reached down and it just swooped the enemy out of your way. I'm telling you that's the power of divine deliverance tonight. You and I may be going through struggles and it may take weeks, months. It could even be years. But all God has to do is just speak. And the power of his voice ceases 
the problems in our life. David ran for more than 10 years for his life. But God put it all to a screeching halt in just one battle. You know why? Because God is a powerful deliverer tonight. That's why David could say God is our refuge and strength. A very present help, amen. That's who he is tonight. Uh, he's able to deliver. You remember in 1 Samuel chapter 18 and 19, five times Saul tried to kill David, but he failed every single time. He used women, he used warfare, and he used a weapon, amen. But none of them came through for Saul. You know why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world, amen. Uh, because God is still on the throne uh, and the enemy can't do nothing unless it passes through the hand of God. That's the powerful hand that we have tonight is we have the power of divine deliverance. Amen. But then I see here tonight in verses 26 or verse number 20 down to verse number 27, David talks about the privilege of divine deliverance. You say, what do you mean the privilege of divine deliverance? Listen to what he says. He said, notice, he said, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments was before me and I did not put away his statues from me. I was also upright before him and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore, because of this, hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure. And with the froward, thou wilt show thyself froward. For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but will bring down the high looks. You know what David is saying in this text here? David is saying God did these things for me. God delivered me because I had clean hands, because I walked in the ways of God. David said I could pillow my head at night with peace, knowing that I hadn't done anything to bring this upon myself. And therefore David could have confidence that God somehow, somewhere, some way was going to help him because David had done what was right in the sight of God. Amen. Amen. There's something that's not preached much anymore. And it's this. Is that you reap what you sow. You can't live like hell and expect heaven to deliver you when trouble comes. Some people pray vain prayers because they sow their wild oats. They live like the devil. They repent and get right with God and thank the Lord for that. But then they pray for a crop failure. Can I tell you something, friend? There's no crop failure. So what you sow and what I sow, we're gonna reap. Amen? Because God is not gonna be mocked. If we sow to the flesh, we're gonna reap to the flesh. If we sow the spirit, we're gonna reap to the spirit. Amen? And so the message is this. If you want God to deliver you, if you want God's favor, then live for him. Amen? live a clean life live sold out and separated and dedicated to God if you don't trouble's gonna come and my friend the devil's gonna come in the enemy's gonna come and you may call upon God but God may not nowheres be found amen I'm telling you friend listen if you want the blessings of God you got to live right amen now none of us can live perfect isn't that right and none of us live sinless but we can live blameless tonight you young boys and, and you young ladies out here tonight, you hear me well. You want to have a good life, sell out and live for God. 
You don't want the scars of trouble and the scars of heartache. If you don't want to have a life full of regrets, we'll have enough in this life no matter how we live. But if you want to pillow your head at night and say, I want peace in my, in my heart, then live for God. Amen. I'm not much tonight and I don't have anything to boast in. But I can say this tonight and say that it's true. I've given God the best years of my life. I have failed God. I have made my mistakes. I've given God my teenage years. I've given him my young adult years. I'm giving him my middle age years. And if I died tonight, Brother Laddie, I've got no regrets about that. I'm glad I can lay my head down tonight, confess my sins before God, and know, my friend, that if something comes my way, it must be the will of God. And God has got a better plan, and God will take care of me. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, there is no greater joy than knowing tonight you've got the privilege of the Father's favor in your life if you'll just live for him. Amen. And so there's the privilege of divine deliverance. There's the power of divine deliverance. But notice this in verse 28 down to, down to verse number 36. There is the praise of divine deliverance. David talks about the power. He tells you why God has delivered him. The Lord's delighted in him because he's lived right. But now David wants to just call time out in the middle of this psalm and just start praising God. He said, for thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Have you ever had God enlighten your darkness? When it looks so dark, you couldn't see the way and you got up and opened this book and somehow God just turned the light on and told you it's gonna be all right. In the middle of your darkness, God knows how to turn the light on. He said, notice what David says here. He said, for by thee, I've run through a troop. He said, by my God, I've leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He said, he's a buckler to all those that trust in him. And David said, for who is God, save the Lord. Or who is the rock, save our God. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon the high places. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bowl of steel is broken by mine arms. He said, Thou also give me the shield of thy salvation and the right hand hath holded me up and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. You say, what's he doing, preacher? Here's what he's doing. David looks back and he just says, Oh my goodness, he begins to praise God. He said, you know what? He said, there's no way I could have done all this by myself. There's no way I could have accomplished these things within myself. David said, I have run through a troop. He said, I've leaped over a wall by my God. David said, I broke a bow of steel and someone higher than I have taught my hands to war. David said, when I look back through my life and I see the accomplishments, I see the victories, I see the battles, it's been what? He said, it's just God. It's just God. It's all God. It's just God tonight. Amen. Isn't that amazing? How that God will take us beyond ourselves and do things that we through us that we could never do. David said, I ran through a troop. By my God, I leaped over a wall. I don't know how big that wall was, but I'll tell you, it wasn't a three-foot wall because it amazed David. It took a lot. He don't even mention Goliath in this text. But he talks about the troops. David slew more Philistines probably than any man living in his day. 
and he, he won more battles and David knew where that power came from and David said, I broke a bow of steel with my own hands. I mean, listen, that's amazing, is that not? And can I ask you a question? Has God not done some amazing things through your life? Has he not used you far more than what you ever thought he would use you? I like that old song, Brother Kurt LeBeau wrote, that says, give him the glory, amen? And in that second verse, he said, did you ever think God, or he said, you never thought that God could use somebody like you. Hey, look what God has done with your life. Look where he's brought you from. Look how he's used you. Don't he deserve to be praised? Don't he deserve to be lifted up? Why, even on a Wednesday night, I'm telling you what God deserves to be glorified. He deserves to be magnified in the summer of 57. Isn't that right? He saved you in 58. In the springtime of 58, look where God has brought you from. Look where he's blessed you. Look what he's done with your life. I'm talking about he deserves to be praised tonight. No telling where we'd be had it not been for grace. Brother, there's no telling. Got you out of an insane asylum. I'm telling the truth. Ain't I? Made fun of a bunch of preachers and said they ought to be locked up in straight jackets and he got locked up in straight jacket. That's amen. Right. Right. Just an old drunk living over a bar. Amen. Right. Ought to be burning in the charred walls of the damned. Amen. But aren't you thankful that one day grace Here picked Lord. you up? Here you are in Georgia, North Georgia on the front row of a Baptist church. And there's no explanation for that. But the grace of God picked you up and saved you and brought you to the Bible Baptist church. There's no other explanation but God. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, tonight, had it not been for God, there's no telling what our lives would be like there's no telling where we would be at and he deserves to be glorified Amen. if we didn't do nothing else but praise him for saving us or just praising him that we know him tonight I like that old song that says uh, what is that old song the last part of that verse I like it says but best of all he knows me. I know him. I met him at the foot of Calvary. I know him. But best of all, he knows me. I tell you tonight, I don't really know the president and the president doesn't even know me. If you used to walk up and say my name to the president, he'd look at you with a puzzled face because he doesn't know me tonight. Hey, can I tell you something? There's a lot of people in this world that doesn't know me and there's a lot of people that I don't know. But there is one tonight that I know and best of all, he knows me. I've felt his presence. I've talked to him. He's talked to me. Amen. Isn't it wonderful with my friend to get in the presence of God? I went out there yesterday morning to the house and to kill some June bugs in July. They love roses, you know that? So I went out there to kill them. And I went out there, oh, it was June bugs. It wasn't the, it wasn't the Japanese beetles. Amen. If the Japs won't get you, the Junes will. Amen. <laughs> I walked out there to kill them. And it's, it's just getting daylight. And I was standing out there and I was just cleaning up some of them roses. And I looked over there, Brother Charles, and I saw the dew hanging on them roses. And that old song came to my mind. 
I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And I heard his voice. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. The songwriter said, and he walks with me. And he talks with me. Woo! On taste up. He's the sweetest. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. I'm telling you, he's wonderful, isn't he? I ain't gonna finish this sermon, but I just wanna talk about him just a moment. He is glorious, hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm glad he's good in the morning hours. I'm glad he's good in the nighttime, amen? In the wee hours of the night. I'm glad he's good in the good times. Oh, but he's really good in the bad times. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it when the sweet Holy Ghost wraps his loving arms of mercy around you and pulls you up tight to his bosom and whispers peace in your ear and comfort in your soul. I'm just talking about praising the Lord, amen? He's worthy tonight, isn't he? Praise of divine deliverance. And then I won't finish all this. There's the path of divine deliverance. You ought to go home and read this. From verse 37 down to verse 45. This is scaring a lot of people to death today. But David, don't only, he doesn't only tell us that God delivered him, but he goes into detail. He said, I pursued my enemies and overtook them. Verse 37. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. He said, I've wounded them that they were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. For thou, talking about God, hath girded me with strength unto the battle. He'll help you in the battle, won't he? He said, thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies that I might destroy them that hate me. They cried. Notice verse 41. This is an interesting verse. He said, they cried, but there was none to save them, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Well, people ought to remember that. Just because you call out to God doesn't mean you're going to get an answer. Why didn't God answer these people? They waited too late. You better not wait too late to pray, friend. Then did I beat them small as the dust before the wind. I did cast them out as the dirt in the streets. Thou hast delivered me from the strivings of the people. Thou hast made me the head of the heathen. A people whom I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear me, they shall obey me. The strangers shall submit themselves unto me. The strangers shall fade away and be afraid out of their close places. David talks about the path. He lays it out. And said, I'm going to tell you God did it. But now I'm going to tell you how he did it. And you know why David did that, I think? Look at verse number 35. The last phrase said, Thy gentleness hath made me great. Boy, when I read that phrase, Brother Casey, I'm going to tell you it broke me when I read that phrase. David said, Thy gentleness hath made me great. You say, what's that preacher mean? I'm going to tell you something. David, when he went, began to praise God, and David is sitting on that throne, and he looks back, and he sees the path that God used to deliver him. You know what that path was? It was nothing but war and blood and guts. Everybody that rose up against David, God took that sword and through David, God slew every one of them and he brought them down. David said, I beat them down to the dust of the earth. And David, he saw firsthand what the power of God's deliverance could do to people that turned against him. He saw firsthand what the power of God 
would do to people that wronged God and that misused Him and that turned their back on Him. David had turned his back on God. And David, I believe, looked at that sword, Brother Laddie, knowing what God had done to deliver him and knowing that he deserved the same sword that had fell upon many other men. And David said, Thy gentleness has made me great. David is sitting on a throne with no pride in his heart because he realized he shouldn't be on a throne. He ought to be in the grave somewhere. David realizes that when God should have took him to the wood woodshed, God took him to the table. Amen. When God should have beat him, he blessed him. There's times when David should have faced the judgment of God. He the grace of God. I want to tell you tonight that same thing is true in all of our lives. You know there's times that God has blessed us uh, when we should have had a whipping. Amen. There's times when God could have carried, should have carried us to the wood table and we or to the woodshed. But instead you know what he did? He picked us up and took us to the table and spread the table. Amen. I don't understand all of that. Brother Barnes uh, when he should have whipped me, he blessed me. Uh, but what I do know is this, uh, that the goodness of God leads to repentance and in my times when I was looking for God to do something that I deserved there was a hand of mercy when he put, should have put his foot on my neck he smothered me with his kisses and showed me that his compassions failed not and that when I'm unfaithful great is thy faithfulness amen and the gentleness of God is what makes all of us great there ain't nothing great about any of us. You know that. Ain't nothing great about me. Ain't nothing great about you. I'm going to tell you what is great about us tonight. It's that God's been gentle. And He's been merciful. You tell me one reason why God should ever answer a prayer we pray. You tell me one reason why He ought to ever pull us out of a ditch or rescue us from a valley or ever answer our prayer. Why should He ever walk with us through a trial or ever see us through a storm? God sends us in the storm. God sees us while we're in the storm. But thank God He saves us from the storm. He don't leave us where He found us. He takes us on the other side. That's the God we serve tonight. Amen. In these last verses here, David talks about the praise of deliverance all over again. You say, Brother Gravely, you done talked about the praise of deliverance. I know that, but so does David. Brother George, he starts praising God in these earlier verses, but when he comes down, here's what he does. In the last five verses of this text, he closes it the same way the first three verses open up, and that's magnifying God for being a deliverer. He said, The Lord liveth, blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God that avengeth me and subdueth the people under me. He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent men. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David and to his seed forever. You know what he does? He says, God, I'll be thankful to you the rest of my life for all the times you have delivered me that I do know, and for all the times that I don't know. Can I tell you something tonight? If we look back through our life, God's delivered us enough time 
time we ought to praise him from here to the graveyard but we're going to get to heaven one of these days and God's going to pull back the curtain and say hey let me show you all the things that you don't know all the things you didn't see you say how do you know that preacher because God is a God that likes to deliver in secret as much as he likes to deliver in open amen there wasn't nobody there that day when Moses was put in the Nile but God when Jochebed let go of that little little basket and baby Moses in that bull rush goes down through that river it wasn't nobody but Moses the alligators and God and as far as that mother was concerned Moses was as good as dead as, as could be but that, that, that little basket went down through that Nile in that unseen hand in that riverbed was guiding that basket down through them rough waters taking care of that little old baby when it didn't even know it was in this world. But God was stealing that baby and pushing them alligators out of the way and keeping all danger out of Moses' way and brought it right back up to the brink of the river where his sister was at at the appointed time. In secret, God delivered Moses. Hey, they wasn't nobody with Daniel in that lion's den but Daniel and the lions and God. Amen? But when they locked a lid on that lion's den and it looked like Daniel was good sure is dead there was an unknown presence that nobody else could see there was an unseen hand that was already there that had locked the mouth of the lions that had lifted the curse off of them because God likes to deliver in the secret times and one of these days you rest assured there's been some times in our life that we cannot see that God has stilled the enemy he has held back the danger he's kept us safe on the roads he has deterred us in another path because God is a divine deliverer. Amen. I think it'd be safe to say tonight, Brother Matthew, that every day of our life, God has done something or many things to keep us safe. You know how that's true? Because the enemy, the Bible says he comes to do three things, to steal, to destroy, but to kill. Don't you know the devil would kill you today if God would let him? But God, somehow, some way, has took care of us. How many times have you gotten in a car and have I gotten in a car and started down the road? God let a traffic jam be there. Or God let a wreck happen right up the road and it could have been us. You know, I remember several years ago I was taking the girls to school. And I was fixing to get on the exit. I was I have to go down two A to get on the exit to, to go to Tunnel Hill and I was fixing to get on that I was going down that road there. And I'll never forget this. There was a truck in front of me, a little Toyota pickup that looked just like one my father in law had, but the, the bed of it had been primered. It was a blue truck, four by four, but the bed of it had been primered, or the, the tailgate. And I was running late that day. And I was, didn't want them to be late for school. And here I was. I was going down 2A in a hurry, you know. And that truck, for whatever reason, was just taking its time to get to where it was going. And I was praying, God, would you move this truck out of my way? I know y'all have never done that. At least I was praying. I wasn't cussing. I was praying. I said, God, would you move this truck? And, and you know what that guy would do? He would get right next to a car. You ever seen a car do this? And just like he needed a buddy to go to work that day, he just stayed right there with that car. And I thought, my goodness, man, get out of the way. 
And finally, I looked down, and my, I didn't realize it until I nearly got to the interstate, and my gas gauge was, was almost on empty. And so I pulled in the gas station. I said, my goodness, they're going to be late. And I was sitting there pumping gas, and I looked up on the interstate, and I saw traffic backing up. And I said, man, it just goes from bad to worse. You know how we are? And that real bad pileup on I-75, when that fog had settled in that morning, some people got killed. And all those cars run right into that fog right there and into, that, into those tractor trailers. I, I would have been right in the middle of that. I never thought about it. I, I went, around the, went around the traffic and headed on to the school, dropped them off, came on back home, never thought nothing. Ain't that the way we live life? But when I picked the paper up the next day and I saw the front page, Brother Laddie, turned upside down under that truck was that 4 by 4 Toyota pickup with that primer tailgate on it. And when I saw it, the Holy Ghost said, Now aren't you thankful? that you're about run out of gas. I'm going to tell you, friend, we do not realize how many times God has made us late, has detoured our path, has broken things, has put things in our way, not to complicate them and not to confuse life, but to, to take care of us. Because that's the God we serve tonight. He's a divine deliverer. Let's stand tonight. I tell you, I think if anything... We ought to just get around this altar and say, Lord, thank you. I like that old song. I remember the Corbins used to sing that old song, My God Delivers Again and Again and Again. And I can remember them singing that song, playing that accordion. I was thinking about that today. I remember them singing that song. And I'm telling you, I remember people running and shouting, shouting, running and shouting aisles for, for seemed like, like hours, Brother Danny. Over that old song, my God delivers again. I'm thankful that when I walk out these doors and get in my car and wherever we go, I'm thankful that when we go to bed at night and we turn the lights out, I'm thankful we have a God that neither slumbers nor sleeps. Brother Sean, if it wasn't for God, there ain't no way. I looked at that x-ray today on my phone where that nail went right through your eye and lodged. Just, I mean, there's no explanation. But God, He ought not even be here. But God delivered. That's God. That's God tonight. Taking care of us time and time again. Father, Lord, I want to thank you tonight for your protective hand. Thank you, Lord, that you watch over us. Thank you, Lord, tonight that you're there when we can see and when we can't see. Lord, I just praise you tonight that you'd take time out of your schedule to even care for us on a daily basis. Thank you that you love us that much. And I pray now you just bless and have your way in Jesus' name. My brother Danny sings tonight, you mind God.